0: This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN.
1: Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on the Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors and today the Fresno Multiple Listing Service and the goal that we have is to provide our listeners the real facts, the real stats about our local market. We want to provide you with the information that will help you make informed decisions. Earlier this week I was talking with John Oslin who's the owner of the station and um we were talking about how we've been on the show 10 years now. He goes, man, how time flies. And he says, I still remember how the idea came about. He saw me at a uh, sh- at a uh, a home fair, and he saw some stats that we had up on the board. And he looked at those, and he said, that is sure different than what I've been seeing on the news. Because the news just had, us, had it ugly and in the tank. And yet we were already in the recovery mode. And I said, well, those I saw the same news story that you did, but that was a national figure, not local. And these figures right here are actually facts that we pulled from the Fresno Multiple Listing Service, which services Fresno County and beyond uh, to a lesser extent as you get outside of Fresno County. But still it does. So today, we have a special guest here. You didn't know you were special, did you?
0: Yeah, I know. I appreciate the the, the uh, classification as a special guest.
1: You know what? It, it, You've got to be special when uh, the first 19 people said they couldn't make it today. So here you are, Steve. <laughs> Old reliable, I guess. I'll, I'll take it. Thanks for having me in today, Don. All right. And this is Steve Flash, the broker owner of Flash Properties. Where you sell them in a flash, right?
0: Yep, yep. That's that's our goal. We don't want to, you know, we don't want the market or homes to sit on the market long. But uh, yeah, obviously, we try and do our best to, uh, you know, sell them as quickly as possible All for right. a fair price, of course.
1: That's right. And, and Steve is this year's chairman of the Fresno Multiple Listing Service. It's a volunteer position. the The pay that you get isn't real great. In fact, here you are having to show up on a Saturday morning where you could be sleeping and playing with the kids, but you're here to share... Some really good information with us.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been on the uh, the multiple or the the MLS committee here at the Fresno Association of Realtors for about three years now, uh, and then this is I'm wrapping up my year as the chair, uh, and it's been fantastic. Just the the wealth of information I found uh, is is significant, and then also, and I think this is going to come up later, but just the, the community and the network of agents that that uh, it has this has helped me to to develop has been hugely significant as well. I like that what you said. A community of agents. Yeah, and it's you know I, I don't mean to jump the gun. We talked a little bit earlier, but I think that that community is something that's that's truly significant. Um. Just because of the fact that we are uh, a, a group of local experts that are are working uh, in this market, um, you know specifically, you had mentioned the story about the the national stats versus the local stats, and it's always going to tell a different different picture. Um, you know, Fresno is actually closer to the national stats than they are the state stats, uh, but at the same time, you know, there's there's definitely some some conflicting information out there. You, you know,
1: that's a really great point. Uh, if you were to look at average sales prices, Fresno is more aligned with the United States on an average. And yet California um, as a whole is double, if not even more than double what we have. But that also shows you, if you were to take that to maybe the difference between Nebraska and Iowa, uh, maybe there's huge differences there.
0: Yeah. I imagine I, I imagine there would be I mean the state is is a pretty significant or it's it's pretty geographically it's a large area uh but just aside of that uh economically it's it's a hugely diverse state uh and yeah so I imagine going from two different states you're going to see some some similar diversity there
1: and of course um were we talking the real estate market or the weather forecast because I <laughs> and my point is it's the same you know it might be uh snow and cold snowy and cold in Michigan, but yet warm and sunny here in central California.
0: Yeah, and the real estate market here in California has a tendency to uh get hotter uh much quicker than some of the uh other areas of the the country as well.
1: Which mm-hmm. which brings me to the point where people say, "Oh, it's winter time." You know, my I I miss the good selling season. Not necessarily so. Now, probably true, once again if you're in Michigan, but Uh, you know, where you might not be able to get to the house because of the six feet
0: of snow in December. But not so here. Correct. And, you know, we have something working against us on the other side of it is nobody really wants to move when it's 115 degrees. So while the summer, you know, the spring summer is typically the the hot selling season, a lot of times those temperatures are something that people don't want to deal with here in the valley
1: okay, I brought some statistics here, yeah uh, figuring okay, you're the m l s guy you're you're the one uh, and these come from the multiple listing service, and it is defined and i I made the parameters just Fresno and clovis so these are um what's happening there if we were to go back to October of two thousand seventeen we had 1,132 active listings on the market. October of this year, 1,514. So there is more inventory. When you look at the big picture, that's really not significant. Um, that's about just 370s, yeah. uh difference. But that's enough to make it feel different.
0: Yeah, it's and 370 listings isn't huge, but if you look at it, that it's probably an increase of about my math's going to be a little bit off, but you know 30%. That's 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 a a pretty decent or significant uh, shift there. So, but I don't think it's it's uh, disadvantage or going to have a negative effect on the market. I just think it brings a little bit more inventory and some more opportunities to the buyers that are out there. It's okay that your math is off because
1: mine is too. That's not three hundred and seventy, but it's close yeah uh, and and hey, this is talk radio we're not this is not a science, so we don't have to be
0: exact. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you giving me a little bit of latitude there. yeah if
1: we had to be exact, I wouldn't be here on the show. <laughs> um, okay, so that's as far as inventory, and another way to describe inventory is
0: buyers' choices. Exactly, exactly. You know, when we're looking at uh, a very low inventory, uh, you know, they, they say a, a typical market, a healthy market, is about a five to six month uh, inventory of homes. Um, and what we've been seeing over the past few months or several months uh, is uh, an inventory of a couple months worth of homes. And in that case, you have buyers that don't have the selection. Uh, they feel the need, as, or they feel as if they're under pressure. Um, they need to make a snap decision. So maybe they've been in a house once, they like it, uh, but they're not really certain about it. But uh, the market's hot and they feel pressure. Into making a decision, so they might jump on it. Uh, so the fact that there's more homes on the market right now, I think, is is good for buyers. It just gives them a little bit more opportunity as to what's available to them, uh, and and just more more selection.
1: And, and there's um, there is talk that there's a change in the market, and I think that gives us. Uh, here's where a real change is occurring: is a seller should not and probably won't be as likely to cancel a buyer right now as they were maybe a year ago because the buyer does have other options. And So let's talk about how that affects a seller's decision to draw the line in the sand and say, hey, if you don't close escrow by Friday, we're going to cancel.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough situation. Uh, and I have a personal one here. You know, last summer, um, my wife and I sold our house and bought a new house and we ended up in that exact situation where we were in escrow. Um, we were selling the home that we were in in order to purchase the next one and the buyers went sideways. Uh, the, the lender was not able to perform. Um, things kept getting drug out, drug out, drug out. And we were in a position to where if we couldn't sell that home, we weren't going to be able to move into the next one. Uh, as it worked out, we were able to finagle some things. We did end up canceling the transaction on them but uh we were pretty sure in that market that we were going to have other bidders and fortunately enough within a very short time we were able to get back under contract and in the market right now that's it's not necessarily the case to where if you cancel the 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 listing or an escrow on friday that you're going to be back in a contract on monday or tuesday so um buyers and sellers specifically in that market have a lot more to consider or in this market have a lot more to consider than they did a year ago so if
1: uh If it were today, would you have made that same decision? Because we're talking about you now personally uh, as a seller.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very tough because, so I've, I've, I've been doing this for 12 years now and, um, I've got to be honest, I think that I'm my own worst client, uh, that I've ever had. It was, uh, going through the emotions and trying to check the emotions, uh, while, while going through the, the, the transaction is, is tough and I, or is difficult, excuse me. I have a much greater appreciation for what our clients go through on a daily basis. Um, so in this market, I don't know if I would, if I would cancel it. Uh, well, I'm sorry, with this, with that specific one, yes, it was the right thing to do. Um, um, but there is, that was an extreme case, I think, in, in my situation. I think for for most part, in this market, what you're going to see is sellers that are going to be a little bit more understandable, a little bit more willing to uh, give somebody an extra you know, few days to get their stuff together or maybe an extra week if they need to. Uh, but, I, yeah, I think you're going to see a little bit more cooperation from, from sellers in this market.
1: Okay, n- let's go to another stat. Now, this is for Fresno and Clovis. So if you were to go back to um, September I'm not going to do September because that's... Uh, let, let's go back to August of 2017. 717 solds actually closed escrow. And this year, 709. So almost the same. Yeah. Now, I kind of have to go to September now Now that I said that. Here's why I didn't like September. Um, September of 17, 671 solds. Um, excuse me, that's, that was 671 pendings. I, I mistakenly said souls Okay. 671, and this year, 555. That one is a significant drop.
0: Yeah, in August, that's a drop of maybe one, a little bit over 1%, and then you're looking. Uh, that's a huge drop. I mean, 120 homes um difference in pending so that's there's fewer buyers that are out there um the increase in interest rates have definitely had something to do with that you know we've seen five increases in interest rates over the past year in, or past two years and uh the fed is anticipating three more coming up so uh before the end of next year so we we're having with uh increases in median sales price increases in interest rates uh is obviously uh shrinking so i think that that probably is is a direct symptom of that 555 pended.
1: And I think when you look for the symptom, I think you said it earlier about the 115 degree heat. If you remember back to August, and remember, August activity, Mm -hmm. showings and such, turn into September pendings. Yep. Um, Because in the following month, the pendings went back up to normal, 683. So you have, you went from. August, where it was 7.09, down to 5.55 in September, and back up to 6.83. So you have a one-month aberration. Let's go back to what it was like in August of 2018 here in the Central Valley. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember we had over 30 days of over 100-degree heat? Yep. and then we had the fires going on and all that smoke filling into the valley in the, on the news saying, stay indoors. you know. Um.
0: My wife has severe asthma. I've got two young kids. Um, I locked the three of them in the house for three weeks during the summer just because of the fact the air quality was horrible. Just the conditions in the valley were pretty bad. So um, I did that with my family. I imagine there were other people that had the similar mindset. So I can definitely see a correlation between the heat and the air quality and the activity in our market.
1: You know, if you get to know Steve, he's a really nice guy. I doubt you locked him
0: in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it wasn't as if I was a, a you know a prison guard or anything, but I just encouraged them to stay indoors, I guess.
1: Good, thank you very much. <laughs> With that, we are going to our first commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio nine forty on your digital dial. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and Steve Flash, uh, the chairman of the Fresno Multiple Listing Service here, where cooperation is ultimate. And today is, uh, or this weekend is Veterans Day weekend. I guess tomorrow's Veterans Day. Yep. And man, talk about cooperation—the the four forces: the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines. They they all cooperate and um, and the coast guard let 's throw them in yep. there um, all cooperate to protect us and give us what we can truly be grateful for
0: yeah, I, realistically, this is probably one of the most uh peaceful um, free societies that we've had, uh, that, that the world has ever seen. Uh, and that's definitely, that those freedoms are given to us uh, by by the veterans, the people that are willing to put on a uniform and, and, and are willing to to put their lives on the line and make the ultimate sacrifice so uh, everybody else uh, can live the, the life that we do here. So thank you to everybody that has served, that is served, or is serving, excuse me. Um, but thank you, and have a great Veterans Day. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah. It's a tough Veterans Day for some. Um, In fact, I have a close friend. He's been here on the radio show before. Steve Spile lives in Calabasas and found out last night they had to be evacuated by the Woolsey Fire. This morning, he put a post out there, something that his daughter Juliet said, and that is, our home is our family. It's not just a house. That is powerful. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: wisdom from the mouth of kids. I mean, that's that's amazing. Oh, she's in college. She's oh, in college. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my daughter's seven, so I assume everybody else's child is the same age. So, and she might be listening right now. So, Alexa Connor, I love you guys both. All right,
1: and that straight from dad, right? Yep, yep. All
0: right, and you are a proud dad. So,
1: Alexa and Connor, you should be very grateful that you have your dad and your mom. Okay, let's go to some go, going back to the statistics. Yeah. We broke this down in a different way. Let's do the difference between Fresno and Clovis, two large cities. Now, whoever would have thought Clovis is a large city because a half century ago, their population was under 10,000 people. Wow. Um, uh, and of course, Fresno was 10 times that. Um, in fact, I heard the. the Mayor of Clovis was on one time a few years ago. She said in the year 1950, the population was 2,000 people in Clovis. Fresno had 100,000 people at that time. So that's 50 times greater. Today, it's about 500,000 versus 100,000 approximately. So it's only five times bigger. But let's talk about some of the differences. First, let's get into our favorite Now, least favorite statistic, price per square foot. All right. So in Clovis, uh, last month was $183 a square foot. In Fresno, $163 a square foot. Does that mean that Clovis on its own is more valuable than Fresno?
0: No, not by any means. Um, price per square foot. You 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 referenced it as our least favorite statistic, and it really is because the only thing that it takes into consideration. There's two stats, and it's the sales price, and it's the square footage of the home. Uh, and there's nothing else that's taken into consideration. Uh, pool amenities, garage spaces, lot size, condition of the home. Um, there's so much else that goes into it. So um, price per square foot is something. It is a stat that we use, but it is probably, as you said, our least favorite stat. Um, and then again. Between the two, if you're looking at uh, the two areas, and which is how we started this off between Fresno and Clovis, um, with uh, most of the growth in Clovis coming within the past century, you have uh, a lot more uh Recent uh, standards, so you have bigger houses, you have more more likely to have a three-bedroom, two-bath. You, know, you get into Old Town Clovis, you have some of the smaller homes, but outside of that, it's going to be t- typically a little bit newer than Fresno. Uh, the newer homes have a tendency to be a little bit larger than Fresno, uh, and I think that that has something to do with that difference in price per square foot as well.
1: That, that's a good point. So how ma- outside of Old Town Clovis, how many smaller 1,100-square-foot, two-bedroom homes are there in Clovis? Virtually, almost none. Yeah, it's a but, rarity. Yeah, but yet you have quite a few of those in Fresno, especially south of Shields.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of uh, down there, south of Shields. Uh, Tower District has a, a great mix. There's a lot of older homes that are in there um, that are that are larger, but you do get some of the uh, the smaller homes that are down there as well. So let's not go by average
1: price per square foot is what we're saying.
0: No, no. We'll look at that. I mean, it is a statistic that exists, but there's no reason to to bank on that one.
1: I'm glad you stumbled on that word. I always stumble on statistics. I got it right that time.
0: Just trying to make you look good, Don.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's go to the um, sales price to original list price differences. Um, we have... 97% in Clovis, 96% in Fresno.
0: Yeah, the, that's that's not really that significant. I mean, you've got a difference of 1%. I don't think that that's going to be a, a, a great difference there. Uh, and what that means is, but what what that does show, and, and I like to use that statistic when talking with uh, some clients, because you'll have a, a, a buyer that's going to ask, hey, what do you think we can get for the property? Well, if the average sales or average sales price is ninety-seven percent of the list price, and a buyer is planning on coming in fifteen percent below, chances are it's not going to work out. Um, that doesn't mean it never will. There's always uh, certain cases that may happen, but
1: let's go to average prices. Now, many times on the show we talk about median price. Correct. This time we're going to be talking average price. Um, I just thought it might be, a, for this discussion, might be a little more appropriate. Uh, in Clovis, you have uh, $353,000 is your average price. In Fresno, it's 285000 Now, that's a significant difference.
0: True. And similar to the going back to the conversation we were talking about price per square foot, uh, a lot of what you see in Clovis is going to be newer and is is going to be larger than what you're seeing in, in Fresno. So you're obviously going to see a higher sales price that's going to come through with the, the larger homes and the newer homes and more more current amenities than what you see in some of the older, smaller homes. Okay. I, I buy that. So um,
1: and all, a lot of that has to do with trends. So, if you go back to the 1940s, the trend was to build a two-bedroom, one-bath home with a one-car detached garage. The trend today is way more bedrooms, four-bedroom, five-bedroom homes with an attached three-car garage. So, obviously, you need larger lots. Um, You can't do that on that typical tower district lot of uh, a 50-foot by 110 foot lot.
0: Yeah, and so the the we are looking for for more room, more space. Uh, and another thing that's that's becoming more popular is multi generational living. Um, and and specifically here in the valley, where you have two, three generations, four generations sometimes that are living in a house. So you know, if you've got grandma and grandpa that are living with you, and 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 the kids, you know, two bedrooms isn't going to be enough to to cover it. So uh, I think that multi generational living is is also impacting the 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 demands there, the trends.
1: Now I'm going to throw one out, and I don't know the answer to this, so you better come up with it, Steve. I'm putting pressure on you. I'm going to Fresno and Clovis as a whole. Um, so the average sales price, as as a whole, is three hundred thousand. However, the average price of those that are active on the market is three hundred and eighty-eight thousand dollars. Now, first glance at that, if I was not a real estate practitioner, I would say, "Wow, that means that people are going to have to drop their price eighty eight thousand dollars to bring it down to to get
0: it sold to the average. What does that really mean uh, well i 'm not going to say definitively, um, but I think you know the, the that 's the difference between averages and means. I think the averages you have the large the the higher end homes that are are skewing those averages, so you might have uh, uh, four-bedroom, 1,800-square-foot home uh, that might be sitting on the market a little bit long. It might be a little bit overpriced, but I don't think an $80,000 price reduction would be in order in that house or theoretical house. Um, But if you look at, you know, something out on Van Extension or, or out on the Bluffs, it might be overpriced by... 200,000. That's going to be a significant, uh, a significant difference there. So I think the the larger, higher end homes um, have a tendency to sit on the little market, uh, the market a little bit longer. Whereas the smaller homes have a tendency. There's a, a much greater buyer's pool. So those are the ones that are getting picked up quicker. So the houses on the higher end are just by nature sitting on the market a little bit longer. So I'm not sure if that's the exact reason, but there's a couple shots in the dark.
1: Yeah. Plus, if if you have a home that is listed at 1.2 million. And it sells for one point one that 's a hundred thousand dollar drop percentage wise it's not that much um, but dollar wise it is and far greater than that eighty eight thousand difference so that might be another yeah. another reason for that okay let 's go to another statistic here, and that is months of inventory first mm-hmm. of all define Months of inventory.
0: Yeah, so the, the way in which you figure out months of inventory is you take the average number of sales over the past several months uh, and then find out how many uh, active listings you have and then divide uh, the number of sales into how many active listings you have, and then you get a number right now. We're looking uh, mid to high twos, around 2.7 months of inventory, if I remember correctly.
1: Bingo. In fact, if you were to, I'm going back to separating now, Clovis and Fresno. Um oh I forgot which one's in my left hand, which one's in my right hand. Oh, doesn't matter. They're both two point seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's the 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 markets are very similar. So despite the fact that you are gonna see some differences there together, it it is one cohesive market. I mean they, they, they really do blend together and uh yeah, so you can see it right there with them the inventory that exists. Mm-hmm okay uh, we have been we've
1: thoroughly gone through statistics we 're going to get out of numbers and go to another very very important aspect of the multiple listing service when we get back from this commercial break. so stay tuned to welcome home radio nine forty ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio, this is Don Scordino, your host and Steve Flash of the Fresno Multiple Listing Service and also the broker owner of Flash Properties and um, that music was intentionally put out there, the power of love and that might be what drives the Fresno Multiple Listing Service or any multiple listing service as opposed to just a database.
0: Yeah, you're you're right. I think the the spirit of cooperation that is garnered through the MLS is uh, significant, uh, and that's one of the main purposes. Is that it establishes a relationship between participating brokers and participating members, um, and and by doing, or in part, it's by offering a, a unilateral offer of compensation. But uh, so that that serves two things. But a the one of the ones that I want to focus on, or one of, that I think is most significant, is that offer of or the the relationship that exists, the community that exists between the agents, uh, the professional uh, realtors that are working to to represent our buyers and sellers. I saw a good one this week. Our buddy Andy Nasroff, the Uh
1: CEO of um, Guarantee Guarantee Real Estate, was talking about the power of being local, Mm -hmm. and he was there in front of the Cheers bar sign, where everybody knows your
0: name. Nice. I like that. Yeah.
1: Um, I was going to steal
0: that one from
1: Andy, but then I thought, nah, I better give him the credit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because it was a good one. Um, Cooperation is what the multiple listing service is all about.
0: Yeah, um, the, it's the, it's significant. Um, you know, we we all do our own business. We all have our own business, and there's definitely uh, uh, some good-natured competition between the agents that are, are working. Uh, but once I go ahead and or any agent gets a listing, uh, for the most part, it's going to be another agent that sells that. Um, I've looked back over the last couple years, and I think I've had one uh, deal that was in-house where I represented both sides. And outside of that, um, the majority of my business, I'd say 90-plus percent of my business, is all cooperating with other members of our association, uh, and, and that's significant. Knowing that there is a the quality of agent that's going to be there, um, and and knowing that that they're going to be there to uh, to perform, know the area, represent their clients. So,
1: how why does that best serve a buyer and a seller to have representation that's unique or or, or personal to them?
0: Well. Um you i i think you need to have somebody that's looking out for your best interests um it's it's always tough to serve two masters so um i i think having your own representation is always always a good thing um so that's significant, and then having somebody that's actually familiar with the local market, I think, is also significant. So not just somebody that knows the the ins and outs of real estate, but also knows what's going on with the local market. Uh, you know, you and I had a deal that we did last year that was a little bit quirky on on both sides. Uh, the house. Had Can a- I
1: make a correction there? It was not a little bit quirky.
0: <laughs> it was flat out quirky. <laughs> Good. I thought your correction was going to be it was only on my side, so I'll accept that correction. No, Thank you.
1: there were there. There were significant issues that came up on both sides.
0: Correct. Correct, yeah. The, there was an issue with uh, water service to the property and billing of the water service, um, how that was divvied up amongst the HOA and how it was handled, uh, whether or not it had actually been handled for several uh, years. So, yeah, there was there were several issues that came up. And, and- the
1: appraisal came in significantly low.
0: Correct, correct. And the, I think the benefit coming from, uh, coming back to the, the MLS and that, that uh, community of agents is the fact that having known you it was a lot easier to go through this process uh, when I know that the person on the other line is an honest individual and I know that they're shooting me straight so that that community it's so much easier to do a deal that you know the other person on the on the other side um, so in in sitting down you know there were a few different times where we had conversations all right well what are we going to do um, we're both worried about protecting our own clients best interests and making sure that their interests are protected um, and at the same time it's what's the best way for us to get from you know point A to point B and at the same time make sure that both parties are are protected along the way. I got and I'm gonna actually dive
1: into the weeds here and Please. talk about how we both protected our client and, and tried to. Okay, the appraisal came in significantly low. Mm-hmm. So low that even the buyer said, What? I you know, yeah. it's to and it was to her benefit. Mm-hmm. But yet it's like wow, that appraisal is really low. The issue on the water thing is, and we're not going to say what city it's in to tip them off. Yeah, but there hasn't been a water bill in years. Correct. So, in representing our clients, we, on my side, I tried to. Uh, we made a proposal that we would uh, accept the water issue the way it is, as long as the seller remained liable for her portion up until the day of closing. Your response, and so, and that was in writing. Correct. Um, Your response from your seller and and yourself was that no, if we're going to take that significant hit on the appraisal because of the appraisal, we want to just write this off and be done with the water issue. So the buyer will be responsible even for the time that the seller uh, didn't pay. Yeah. Now, so I represented my buyer, you represented your seller. We found the common ground, and it did come together. But the great thing is that it's all in writing. Um, so in the event this issue does come up and my buyer says, hey, i got to pay for a water bill from way, way back. Well, it's all in writing, and, and the, the attempt to protect were
0: there yeah yeah there was a there was definitely consideration given you know there was a a risk that was given on one side in returns for a a reduction in price on the other side Um, and that risk it may or may not ever come to to pass and if not then Everybody's happy. You know, I, I hope that that's truly the case. I know, would never want it to pop up or anything. Um, but, yeah, there was, uh, my clients were willing to move forward uh, if they were able to to rid themselves of that risk. And then, you know, your client obviously had the, the benefit of having that price reduction. So um, the risk was worth it to her, and, and, and everybody was able to, to get to that end goal of, of closing escrow and getting your client into, into her house.
1: Yeah. And then the price reduction was significant enough to where it was worth it to the buyer.
0: Exactly. By
1: the way. Buyers
0: very happy in there. Good, good. I drive by there all the time and still, still look
1: over at that place. All right. Speaking of the spirit of cooperation, which is what the multiple listing is. So in that case Steve and I were talking about, two competing companies came together representing their, their clientele mm-hmm. for a common goal. Um, and that was your seller wanted to move on. My buyer wanted to move in. Uh, we were able to make that happen There was a guy for the last 40 years that really really mentored a lot of realtors about the spirit of cooperation and that was John Miller Uh, John Miller recently passed away um, and one of the in the last month he told me Don I feel bad that I've taken more blood than I've ever given so he wanted to organize a blood drive We got to talking and we organized the John Miller Spirit of Cooperation blood drive that was very successful in September, where two competing companies, Guarantee Real Estate that he worked at and Realty Concepts that he used to work at, came together, worked as one to make it it happen. It was a very successful blood drive. And now there's another blood drive where two separate mortgage companies are coming together in the John Miller Spirit of Cooperation blood drive on December the 1st. Um, so get your blood good and healthy because December 1st is coming up. In the meantime, and I love this, there are two competing title companies right now that are doing the John Miller Spirit of Cooperation food drive. And that's Chicago title and Fidelity National title. And what you can do is... Um, Either bring your non-perishable goods into their locations. They're on opposite sides of Palm Avenue, competing every day for business. But in this case, they're working together, um, and uh, they're working together to get food and donations. Here's the amazing thing: if you were to give ten dollars to 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 the community Central California Food Bank at one of these places. Um, bank of America will double that wow. and, and give another two. So that's three dollars or excuse me, thirty dollars now. <laughs> There's that math yeah. problem. Yeah, so ten that's and 30. they double it let's yeah. get it to twenty. Okay, and then the food bank says they can turn um, one dollar into seven but because of the, the power of, of how they buy. That's two hundred and ten dollars worth of food and all you did was give ten dollars to start it off
0: yeah it's amazing the way that it, it rolls and real quick um i've got i, I relatively new i've only been in the industry for 12 years so uh my my uh interactions with john were uh through the investors Exchanges uh group that meets at the association and he was just uh motivational um inspirational uh was and uh, uh, enough of the the, you got to get out there and do it with, you know, a little bit of the soft hand and I think a little bit of a kick in the backside if you needed it. But uh, he was a, a great guy, and I think he was mentors to, to several people in our, our association. Um, and to see both Chicago Title and Fidelity National stepping up like this is fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. And that whole idea of two competing companies coming together to, fi- to work towards that common goal is exactly what we do on a daily basis in cooperative real estate through the multiple listing service.
0: And it's truly unique to our industry. I mean, I can't imagine, uh, you know, two competing companies or, you know, if you, if you look at anything, if you look at two competing networks coming together to, to do something like this or, you know, Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola coming together to do something like this, you know, it seems like they're, they're, everybody's worried in their, in their own, their own niche and their own market. And to have the, the real estate industry be so focused on that cooperation. Uh, And I think it's due to the fact that it's, there's so many people involved. It's yourself, it's the other agent, it's the lender, it's the escrow team, it's the home inspector. So uh, the teamwork and the cooperative nature of our industry, I think, just is is just leads to it. So, um, yeah, very stoked to see these guys out doing this.
1: Yeah, and that goes back to our music that we started with, the power of love. There you go. So, and with that, we are going to go to our next commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. <music> Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino of of, of, uh, Welcome Home Radio, your host, and Steve Flash of Flash Properties and the chairman of the Fresno Multiple Listing Service. Well, we wanted to get to that part on the bumper music where it says "Where everybody knows your name" uh, from Cheers, the whole show. And uh, boy, how did how did they, those guys cooperate? Pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah, they got along I mean, great.
1: They all figured out life.
0: A little bit of social looper getting involved, and uh, everybody seemed to get along. Mhm.
1: All right. So, what? Another advantage of a multiple listing service. Is the local how it brings the local experts together? Give us some examples of how that helps.
0: Oh well, it's it's not just for it's not just significant with uh, realtors, but also um, a lot of our affiliates. I mean, we couldn't do our jobs without the the help of pest inspectors, escrow companies, uh, home inspectors, uh, there's uh, lenders, there's there's tons of people that are involved in what it is that we do. Uh, but I had, uh, this was several years ago, um, I was out on a, uh, inspections for a property, and my client was a buyer, and they had their own pest inspector, somebody different than I typically use. and it was actually uh, Doug Morse of Morse Termite, uh, and um, I was talking to him while we were there, and I had an issue with ants out at my house, so I, I asked him about it, and his first question was, well, where do you live? So I'm um, northwest Fresno, just south of the Bluffs. He says, okay, well, in that neighborhood, you got six types of ants. And he went off to describe five different types are based on the sweet. There's one that's based on protein. And he went off, and I, I hope I'm not, uh, I'm characterizing his, his statements accurately. But um, the, the benefit of that local knowledge, him asking where I was based on that, okay, this is what you're looking at, knowing exactly what it is that I was going to be looking for. Um, so that local knowledge of knowing where I am uh, and, and knowing what's going on in the area was hugely significant there. Okay, I, I had one
1: a um, couple of weeks ago where an out-of-area agent um, from from the coastal area, where uh-huh. prices are, are way way higher, yep. uh, wrote an offer on one of my listings, mm-hmm. and it was a four hundred thousand dollar offer that they wrote, but they put in that it was the buyer was approved for FHA at four hundred thousand. What what's yeah. your red flag there?
0: <laughs> well, FHA is typically based on the median sales or median income for an area. So um, the coastal areas are going to have a higher uh, median income and a higher FHA uh, loan limit. Here in the valley, we're at I believe two hundred and eighty three or two hundred eighty one and change is is the limit so if you're looking at a four hundred thousand dollar purchase and somebody's using an fha loan here in the valley uh they're looking at coming in with approximately one hundred and nineteen thousand dollars down uh to compensate for the or to cover the other half of the the balance of the purchase price
1: which they could but then why pay all those extra closing costs for an fha loan um if you had that much down, because then you could go conventional and to make matters worse, the out of area lender mm-hmm. wrote the pre approval letter with an f h a loan at four hundred thousand for three hundred and eight and had the um, f h a loan of three hundred and eighty eight thousand, which was a uh, hundred thousand dollars more than what he could actually do, so neither one had the local knowledge and the local expertise.
0: No. And look what would have happened if the uh if you as the listing agent didn't have that knowledge. You know, if if there was somebody that wasn't aware of the local limits here in in the valley buyer and seller could have gone into escrow the buyer would have ended up paying money for inspections and in the appraisal so they're a thousand bucks into the process there uh typically it's two and a half weeks before you get an appraisal back so it's it's going to be two and a half plus weeks i mean how, how long before the lender comes back and says hey we can't do this loan under these terms so mm-hmm. the sellers lost time on market the buyers lost time the buyers spent money um there may be other things that the sellers lost so yeah that that lack of local knowledge was uh excuse me could have led to significant cost and lost time for for multiple parties there. Yeah.
1: And there's another thing to being local where everybody knows your name. You have to be accountable. I just closed two house and they had out-of-area lenders. Mm -hmm. And I will say they closed pretty close to the closing date, so really no complaint there. Um, But as far as the transaction goes, both of them were horrible. I had to call, email, every I, uh, day after day, just trying to get information as to where we were. I mean, I was like the um, the 14th stepchild, <laughs> you know. I mean, I I was just given no cre- uh, credibility. And and actually, thank God, both properties were vacant, because they the day they closed is uh, they it surprised me. I was not in the loop as far as how the lending process was going, even though I was trying. Um, and you know the difference? They didn't have to be accountable to me. They're never going to see me again. I'm never going to do another transaction with them. One guy's from the East Coast, the other's from the Bay Area. Um, what are the odds that I'll ever have another transaction? So they're not accountable. Where's that local lender? They're gonna see me at the gas station, maybe see me at a multiple listing service meeting, yep. maybe see me here in front of a microphone at Welcome Home Radio.
0: Yeah. So, the local lenders are significant. We've we've got some incredible lenders that that work here in the Valley. Um and it is it, I, I always, anytime I'm working with somebody new, a new a new buyer, I always encourage them to work with somebody local, uh, just because of that. And if e- e- the accountability is significant, and just the ability, if it gets to the point where I can't get a fo- a response to a phone call or an email, I can drive down and sit in your lobby until you get until you make it back into the office, and then we can find out what's going on. Where I'm not going to make a drive out to New York to to find out what's going on for a loan, you know, that's I think a little bit outside of the purview. But um, the local lenders there are are significant. Yeah, and cost wise, they're they're about the same. Yeah, there there hasn't been I haven't seen a whole lot of benefits to some of the the, the out of town or you know the online lenders. So yeah, I would definitely advocate for a local lender. Mm-hmm. In fact,
1: there was one where uh, the online lender said, "Oh well," told the borrower, "Oh, I can save you thousands on closing costs." Oh, yeah, you should have called yesterday because rates went up significantly. So all he did was bump the interest rate to cover some of the closing costs and, you know, did the smoke and mirrors. Yep. So, okay. Um, What other? So that's a part of the MLS yeah. Is yeah. is that where everybody knows your name
0: yeah and then it's it's significant to the local realtor as well because um you know the realtor is going to be the one that's guiding you through the homes uh through the neighborhoods um you know there's there's areas of town that are subject to hoas that don't appear to be you know you got the dominion heights area just north of uh shepherd out there um that does not appear to be a a gate it's not a gated community it doesn't look like it's in an hoa but there's actually an HOA there. There's dues that are paid. There's, there's CC&Rs that govern the way in which uh, you know you can use the home and use the property out there. And an agent that's not from the area isn't going to be aware of that. So you definitely have some significance there.
1: And when it comes to the realtor helping a buyer, um, maybe an appraisal comes in low and you, and you look at the addresses of the comps used, you can say, ah, you know what, that Because we know neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. and Fresno and Clovis are built in pockets, um, not areas. And by pockets, I mean one developer went in and built custom homes in this 40 acres that they purchased. The next guy went in and built entry-level housing. So you know that, but when you do these computer models of uh, valuations and they do a uh, uh, one-mile radius, Mm -hmm. they might pick up some of the entry-level housing when you actually have a custom or semi-custom home. So that's something that realtors know if you work your area. Now, do I know that in San Jose?
0: No. No, that's the significance of the local market. Mm -hmm.
1: All right. Today I want to thank all the veterans for everything you do because you have greatly impacted the real estate market where our just the way we do business is all about freedom. The freedom to have property rights. It also is, um, I want to remind everybody what your home is really all about. Um, we're, we, Steve and I talked a little bit about the market slowing, uh, changing and all that. But I want you to all go back to what Juliet Spile said. Uh, that your home is your family. It's not just a house. So maybe the price goes up, maybe it goes down, but the key is it's yours. It's your family. So thank you, Steve, and thank you to all our listeners. Thank you, Don. Detroit down to Houston and New
0: York there's pride in every American heart and it's kind.